Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. This week on Erotic Awakening, okay, Boomer. I can't read my own notes. (laughs) And New Year's resolutions. (laughs) We'd like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Lisa, Gemini, and Cocker. Among other perks, Patreon supporters get free Kickstarter cards and books and access to our audiobook excerpts of our Living MS. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. How are you this fine day? Pretty great. Well, mostly. I'm oh, tired. I, I tell you what, you're a big old liar. <laughs> Uh, it is a crazy, crazy day here in podcast land. We have been, well, we're in the midst of moving, although we're right. going to stay right well, here. It's the end of, right, it's the end of the year, mm-hmm. so we've been doing tax stuff. Yep. And like you said, we're, we're in the middle of moving. Yes. We're Don't know that, where we're moving to, yes, we're but in that space we are moving. <laughs> our, uh, and if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know about our huge polyamory unicorn house. We have sold the huge unicorn polyamory house and moving into the much smaller something. Something we we think. Yes, we think because <laughs> one house has been sold, the other house has not been completely finalized yet. So it may be a little condo. So if but, you uh, are here in Columbus and uh, visiting the space, you might find us sleeping in our offices for a week or two while we get one thing moved to another. Yep, exactly. So this has all been fun. The cat and dog have no clue what's going on. They're concerned. Did you see Ginger the Polly Pup jump on my lap today? I did. She usually will jump on our lap if we're sitting on the couch watching a movie. Mm-hmm. If I'm sitting there by myself reading my book on my phone, she leaves me alone, but not today. She yes. was on my lap and snuggled in my arm, and she sees all the moving going on. And other unrelated things that have nothing to do with our podcast, last night you and I and uh, Kame Bat, mm-hmm. also known as Bat and Switch from the fantastic Bat and Switch podcast, sat and watched a movie called Top Secret. If you have not seen the movie Top Secret yet and you dig the airplane vibe, go watch that bad boy. It's this fantastic. This one's with Val Kilmer. I had never heard of it before, and it did have you. I think I laughed more at you laughing than I laughed at the movie, though. Because <laughs> you really dug it. Yes, I did really dug it. That's just the kind of... Um, that is your type of humor. Type of humor. So our first topic of the podcast, we actually have with us on the podcast, uh, who's been very kind to being while we talked right <laughs> past them. Uh, Devin Stone is the uh, uh, leather man who just published a book called The Quick Reference Guide to Areas of Control, Running for the Heartland Person of Leather, and also going to talk to us today about the uh, opportunities that we are creating for the next generation of people coming into kink land and such. Devin, thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, no problem. And one of the neat things, Devin, is we were talking earlier about that you've actually listened to the podcast. You might be surprised to find out how many guests that we have that come on the show and they're like, so what's your podcast about? It's like, <laughs> you asked to be on it. I would hope you would guess. Um yeah, you can talk about your soap, but we're going to talk about your pussy. So, so that's what the podcast is. But Devin, we're not going to ask you about um, any sexual parts at this moment. Instead, you had written, and you I saw you'd written something about, and I have a, uh, so tell me more about that and why that's important. Yeah, I think I, I don't entirely agree. Um, I, I don't think that the older generation really needs to step aside Um so much as to make space. Um, I think that it is really important as, as, as a leather person, one, one of the big things to me has always been preserving leather history um, and taking care of taking care of the stories of people that have come before us and people that have gone on. 
Um, I've personally watched a great, great deal of my mentors pass in the last couple of years. And that's something that's really close to my heart is making sure that their stories stay alive in us. Um, I do think that being able in the kink community, whether it's leather or BDSM, I think that having space for somebody younger definitely gives us more history to preserve in the future. Um, Because the way that I see it is if we are only preserving history, then we're only remembering things. We're not creating new things to be remembered later. Um, So we're just, we're just perpetuating, you know, 50 or 60 years of history and not creating anything new. We're not bringing in any fresh blood. Um, And I think that it's really important to make sure that people are listening to everybody um, you know, like, like we had talked about in our email conversation saying that I believe that knowledge should be equally passed around the table versus being, you know, having the slate wiped clean and bringing in new information to get should all be around. And, and I will have to put out that caveat or that you know, there isn't space for younger people at the table. Do you feel that younger people are just are not given opportunities? I think that it's I think that it's more common than older people seem to realize. Um, I don't think that it's impossible, um, but I started sending out applications um, and asking people to teach classes and, and help. And, uh, you know, I spent a great deal of time like demo bottoming and co-presenting and things like that um, and trying to branch out with my own ideas. It, it was like sitting between a rock and a hard place. And I kept being told, you need more experience. Mm-hmm. You're not old enough. Wait till you're 30. Come back when you're 35. We'll talk then. And I think that it's, it's you know, I'm not going to talk about like how my ideas are the best or anything, but I think that it's pretty common um, when I talk to people that are in my age category. It's like, oh, yeah, I've also had that experience multiple times with multiple groups. And, you know, I do think that it's, it's an issue. So it's, it's kind of funny because it reminds me, um, I don't know if you know, Dan and I have been doing this for like 20 years at this point, and, and we are in our 50s. And I can remember being in early 30s and someone saying that we couldn't be a real power exchange couple until we were at least 35. And so, yep. so that all kind of rings a bell. But it, yeah, it totally ticked me off at the time of like, who do you think you are? And now that I'm in my 50s, I'm like, you're only 28. You're only 29, you know? So I have to flip my thinking a lot, right? Because it's like my kids that are, well, they're 28 and 32, right? right? right. And I keep thinking, oh, you can't do this. You're only 28. Oh, wait a minute. I had a nine-year-old at 28. You can be an adult. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so sometimes it takes that that head flipping, you know, to remember we were that age once as well. So, Devin, if you don't mind me asking, because it's part of what we're talking about, uh, how old are you in biology years? <laughs> in biology um, years. <laughs> I I am 29. Okay. So, and I know that there's a lot of us, at least um, some of us leaders here in Columbus that run events that are in this age bracket of me and Dan. Um, I know we make a point. We try to make that point to recognize that there are very talented younger people that have knowledge. And we try to make sure we bring in, you know, younger people into our events. But... Um, so, yeah. so, so, but I bet not all events are like that. As an event producer, oh, Don and mm-hmm. I produce some events. Convince me that I should bring in somebody who's twenty nine, right? What's what? What's I mean? Like I said, you know, or like Don was saying, you know, at twenty nine, that gives you what uh, eight years of experience in kink lane at maybe nine or not t- always. Okay, go on. 
Um, I, I think that one of the big points that we seem to be missing almost any conversation I've ever had about um, age and experience is talking to people. Um, a couple of years ago, I went to a South Plains Leather Fest and attended a class um, with somebody that was easily twice my age. And I assumed that they would be able to answer all of my questions after we left the class. And I was absolutely incorrect. They had been practicing for about four years. And I had at the time been practicing for 10. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was a, a huge like, oh, you mean you, you don't know all of the answers. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And they were like, actually, based on some of the things you said in class, I had a couple of questions for you. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm wait now I'm 24. So I don't I don't know anything. And I think that that's a big por- a big portion of what we seem to be missing in the community. Age doesn't always equal experience. Mm-hmm. There are people that come into the scene in their 50s and 60s, and they've, they've never heard of this stuff. It's brand new. Um, but being younger, especially in the 20s and 30s area, we came up with some different avenues of, of education that people in their 50s and 60s didn't have access to. You know, FetLife's been around long enough that you you could be 29 right now like like I am and you could have had a fet life since you were 18 yeah you know see, I know you, you I could know. have picked up a book Ugh. on Amazon or you know something like that 10 years ago you could have been studying and you know let's not forget that just because it's <clears throat> just because it's not within a lot of people's morals to do things until they're 18 years old most people don't wait mm-hmm. and you know, that's, that's a huge thing too. I started, I started my first OP relationship as a property slave when I was 14 years old and it wasn't sexual. It wasn't play-based, you know, it was specifically training, but you know, there are a lot of us that start way early. So being, you know, I'm 29 years old, but I have 14, 14 years of active experience in poly and power exchange. And that's a great call out in that there is this huge divide between age and experience. And I'm glad that you hit upon that as well as, and that's something that we've got, we being Dawn and I and people of our age group have to recognize is that when Dawn and I got started, you know, finding a Yahoo group was like, oh my gosh, there's a Yahoo group for this or I Yahoo groups, what's this or, new thing? Because we only had bulletin boards before that. <laughs> And there wasn't, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? There was, or or not on the internet at all, right. right? So there is this, like you said, this huge amount of information that's available now. So when you come across, especially in the leather community, where you've got people that have been actively part of the community for, say, 25 or 30 years, and where gender-neutral pronouns were not part of their upbringing, and for that matter, uh you know, a lot of things that people have now that are common, becoming common in our in our community, just weren't part of their their beginnings. Do you feel like that's part of the problem that they have this natural resistance, this kind of this, well, that's not the way we did it in my day. So why is it why is it broken? Why do you got to change it now? I really don't think that it, I don't I don't think it's broken. Um, I really my personal opinion is that we we all have some learning to do you know from from the older perspective it is you know we are coming across information and you know we've done people people in my age group don't necessarily we're not necessarily coming up with things as much as we're coming up with terms for things mm-hmm. you know people have been using they them pronouns to describe somebody whose gender they don't know for centuries 
we just didn't realize that we were doing it. You know, when, when somebody goes to a grocery store and has a funny story when they come home, it's like, well, what did the cashier say when you told them that funny joke about the banana and the condoms that you were buying? Ha ha ha. <laughs> because you don't know if the cashier is male or female. So you use them mm-hmm. and you didn't realize it. At side note, now I want to hear that joke, but we'll hold off on that one. <laughs> um, and that's quite legit. But have you, do you think that's an issue at all with, that there is resistance to, I don't know. The newness, like, the newness maybe? The newness, right. That, um, or what we perceive to be newness. Anyway. I mean, you, you take a guy, I don't want to, I don't want to particularly call anybody out, right? But right. some of these old leather guys, right, they're revered, right? That's part of the leather tradition is that these elders, we call mm-hmm. them elders and they're revered. And uh, just between you, me, and our four minute, four million downloaders, do you think that they have some resistance to? Hey, I, I want to continue to be revered. I earned my place. Uh, so, yeah. who do you think you are, whippersnapper? <laughs> whippersnapper. That's what I old mean, people say. It's, I really, I really do think so. But I also think that you know, there's there's kind of a divide because there are people out there. You know, I'm not going to call anybody out by names because. They might be listening and they might be judging me in a couple of months, but um, (laughs) there are people in their 40s and 50s that have taken on apprentices, you know, because, oh, well, I should teach you things. And then they realize all of a sudden that these people have been practicing for years already. And it's like, oh, you know more than what I can teach you. You have already surpassed me and we've only been in this relationship, you know, this mentorship for, you know, two or three months and you've already gone past what I would have taught you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to do next. You know, there's, there's tons of people out there. It really just, it really just takes taking a step back, but there's, you know, there's also people out there that have been presenting <laughs> and teaching and writing books for 20 or 30 years that, you know, they're pretty vocal about it. I would like to actually retire. Uh, you know, I would like somebody to pass the torch to. <laughs> yeah. I, and I totally dig that. And I, you know, we are those people as yeah, a matter of fact, we are, we're we waiting are for somebody people. to step up. <laughs> so waiting for someone to step up, but that's, that's a good point about the mentorship because just this morning I've been looking yep. for a while to find somebody to mentor. Right. I've mentored people before and I would love to mentor someone that would come in and, and, you know, help with the space and maybe take it over later or, Mm -hmm. you know, just whatever. So any any of the groups that we run. And I finally realized that I'd been looking in the younger crowd and it isn't the younger crowd where I think I'm going to find that person I'm looking for. At least for what I'm thinking of right now, the person that I have in mind is actually just a little bit younger than me, but she's brand new. You know? Yeah. So like you said, that age doesn't match experience. So maybe I'm not finding yep. it in the younger crowd because they're already experienced. We've already got younger people. The younger people that I'm thinking of, they're already running stuff. Yeah. They, they, they already know what they want to yeah. do and they're already running groups at the space and then they've got a lot of knowledge. So, huh, sorry, just self-reflecting. <laughs> <laughs> so again, so I'm going to go backwards for a moment here and ask you again, as, as an event producer, how do you present or, or unless I don't mean to make this personal, right? I want to get out there to change this up a little. What do you suggest to other people that are under 35 that are looking to become presenters, looking to become known? How should they present themselves? How do they get themselves out there and get known and, and get into those, get those opportunities to, to be that person standing on in front of everybody saying, Hey, I learned this thing and I want to share it with you. I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you how uh, the easiest way, the, what, what I do when people ask me that are in my age group or under 35 at least, 
that for me, it always, it always turns into me telling them, look, this is how I got my first shot. And you really just have to, you really just have to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, rejection is killer and it, it does suck. Um, I think about a year and a half ago, I was beating the crap out of myself, just being like, I have been rejected so many times over and over and over again. I'm never going to get into these things. And, you know, a year and a half after that breakdown, when I finally started putting out applications and asking people and telling people and, you know, trying, it, it happened. You know, I, I was sitting at a cigar social with a couple of friends um, at the, the Worthless Bastard Cigar Social here in Dallas, Chilton, mm-hmm. and talking about how I really wanted to get into presenting more and I just kept getting door slammed in my face and one of the guys that was sitting at the cigar social was like why don't you come teach a class at Oklahoma Leatherfest I need somebody to teach a cigar demo and I was like yes yes immediately (laughs) I will I will do whatever you want absolutely and it was like you know three weeks out (laughs) and I was like I don't care I'll make it work and I did and after the demo, I had people people approach me immediately mm-hmm. just being like, you did such a great job. You have such great information. Please come and teach at my group. Please come mm-hmm. out to my munch. Please come out to my event. And all of a sudden, I was booked at Apex Con Denver and rebooted, revamped. And now I'm booked at Beyond Leather in Florida. Like, it, you know, it really just takes one person to give you a shot. If you have what it takes, somebody gives you a shot and you're able to showcase your skills and be like, this is, you know, this is what I'm good at. This is what I want to do. And if you get that shot, your foot's in the door and you're done. Oh yeah. Because now you've got that person as a reference, right? So, you know, you can tell the the other place, Hey, I did it for this place and talk to the person that brought me in and, you know, that'll get you more and more. So I did want to point out that uh, Dan and I, after 20 years, still gets rejected sometimes. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't admit to that, <laughs> but we do. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. it, it happens. It, it is hard, but, but it happens. And I know for me and Dan, we started out really small. We started out local in L.A. and then blossomed out a little bit more, blossomed out a little bit more. And that's a great feeling when you get mm-hmm. that first, you know, where instead of your pitching, 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 somebody says to you, why don't you come, you know, mm-hmm. present it my thing? Absolutely. So, so so I've got another question for you, and I'm not exactly sure how I want to frame this, so I'm just going to throw it out there. So um, when Dan and I first started, like I said, we were under 35, and there was no such thing as the TNG groups, the next generation groups, right? So when we started, we were around the old fogies, right? That's how we learned, was, was by, by being around the older folk. And um, we were pretty much, except for J&M, we were pretty much the youngest mm-hmm. around for quite a while. And um, then the TNGs came along, and we were too old to get into it at that point. And I got for a, people that don't know, the TNGs are uh, the, next the next generation, generation mm-hmm. 18, to, 18 35. to 35. General depends on the region, but in general, mm-hmm. go on, Don. I'm sorry. So that's okay. So, um, so, and I was like, oh, no, they're separating out the younger people from the older people. How are they going to learn? And, and I, now that I have kids that age, I'm okay with the TNGs. You know, it's, it's not a big deal. That's where I send them, so they're not around us. But, um, but I guess my question is, could the origination of the TNGs have harmed younger people's opportunities of getting into events to present because producers are usually in the older category, therefore they're not spending time and getting to know the younger generation and the skills that they have. 
I think that is only true if you only ever, as I mean, as an individual, if you only ever attend TNG events. Um, when I, I, I hung out in TNG, um, my local dungeon has a TNG group. Um, had oh, my, my dungeon. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sanctuary? Um, we, you know, we, we spent time at the TNG events. We went to the munches. We went to the parties. Um, our local TNG does a ton of stuff. They have Saturday socials and brunches and all sorts of stuff. Um, and yeah, if you, if you spend all of your time when you go out to events at TNG specific events, sure, you, you could definitely harm your chances. But, you know, just because there's a TNG munch on Saturday doesn't mean you can't go to, you know, such and such or so on, so on, on Sunday night or go out Friday to a different party. You know, just because you're a member of TNG doesn't mean you can't get into other events. Um, you know, there's not a, <clears throat> whereas like TNG is like, yes, 18 to 35 in most places. There isn't an opposite rule in other events saying you have to be over 35 to attend. So, you know, if you're if you're putting all your eggs in one basket and only ever attending TNG events, sure. But I think if you're branching out and, you know, going to a TNG group event and then also going to an NLA meeting or a bar night or something else, mm -hmm. then, you know, you're not hurting your chances at all, no. Cool. Fantastic. Devin, I hope some of those event producers are listening to us right now. Uh, one of the things that I actually look for isn't your bio, but how you handle yourself when you're being mm -hmm. asked questions and you're handling yourself just wonderful with whether it's the tricky questions or I think the only thing you paused on was when I asked you your age. And I'm, that's, <laughs> maybe that was just in my head that I heard that. Usually so that's a, something I have to pause on. And it's normally not a question. <laughs> oh, what the heck? Who, why not? Uh, again, uh, Devin Stone, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, author of A Quick Reference Guide to Areas of Control. Devin, if those event producers are wise and want to book you for an event, how would they find you? Uh, you can find me on my website. Um, I'm on Facebook and FetLife too, um, but you can find links to that on the website. So it's www.devinstone.info. Fantastic. Thank you, Devin. Hang out with us for a couple minutes. We have a flirty question with you for you coming up in just a moment. But first, Don, we got a random email from someone who wanted to say, I just want to drop in and thank you guys for doing amazing work, listening to your podcast with a partner and helped us a lot, sending lots of love from Berlin. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's always neat to get that. thinking Berlin, Germany? Because there used to be a Berlin, well, there is a Berlin, Maryland. And a Berlin, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so you were um, all excited until I brought that up, and you're yes. like, "Oh, I guess it could be." <laughs> so, as I mentioned, uh, this is—I did not know we had a Berlin person. This is not a, a real segue, right? Okay. Last night we're watching this movie, which we just told you about, called Top Secret, uh -huh. and it takes place in Germany during the war. Right. And the waiter comes over and says something in German, and Val Kilmer says, I, "I'm sorry, I don't, I don't understand you." The woman he's sitting with says, "Don't worry, I know a little German." And she looks over at, at, at another, another table. table. There's a German guy who's about five foot tall. And she, mm -hmm. and that's the kind of humor you're going to get out of Top Secret. Yes. And we probably just lost <laughs> our Berlin listener. German. A little German there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Don, did you know that you can have, oh, this is what I couldn't read earlier. Alexa, play porn. I did not know you could do that. <laughs> I don't know if you can either. But we have our new uh, Alexa Fire TV, mm -hmm. and we have a, a couple of little echoes around the house mm -hmm. so that the CIA can listen in on what we're doing. Right. You can now tell <laughs> Alexa, play the Erotic Awakening podcast. 
and it will play your podcast right through your Alexa. Nice. Yeah, so that would be fantastic when um, you, I don't know, the kids come over for Christmas <laughs> no, and you no. forget what Alexa's lined up to do. Uh, what our <laughs> kids like to come over and do is when we're not looking, Alexa, play death metal. Mm-hmm. So that when I say, Alexa, play my music, you know, I get a little Kate Bush, I get some Peter Gabriel, and then I get some screaming kill, kill splash. <laughs> uh, speaking of, and, and reminds me of where we were uh, speaking a little bit ago of about being older and younger. Right. Uh, I was list- The kids were listening to what playing some uh, skateboard game not a while ago, mm-hmm. and it had all this music that it plays in the background. Right. And it played a Judas Priest song in the background, right. and they go, oh classics. I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? But I guess it has been a while at it this point. It has been a while. I was actually, what was, what were we listening to and where was I at? Oh my God, my brain's so befuddled. I was somewhere recently and it wasn't here at the space and Queen was playing and there was like teenagers bip-bop into it. Bip-bop, that's how old I am, right? <laughs> what does that even mean? No, but they were dancing to it. It was mm-hmm. like in a store or something. So they knew the music. And I'm like, oh, someone's raising somebody right. <laughs> They've got Queen. It's good. Um, Dawn, do you have any kinky New Year's resolutions? Mm, I was hoping my brain was going to be percolating about this and come up with something spectacular well, if you ask me this question. Uh, keep so. percolating a little bit. Okay. Uh, some of our listeners wrote in and say they're going to attend more munches for their kinky New Year resolution. More kink and sexy fun in my life. Uh, fill 2020 with conferences based in leather, dynamic rope, and dynamic rope, growth and rope. Embrace <laughs> our MS dynamic, more rope. Um, somebody who I very much appreciate recently elected to the board member of the LAL and want to help that group grow. That's a fantastic. Oh, that's a uh, uh, shoot. Is Chicago? LAL. I don't. Rem- I'm trying Kevin, to remember you know what it stands LAL? for. LAL. Does that one ring any bells? Nope. Okay. I feel like I should know it, and I can't remember it. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, attend more mass events, and that is actually one of my kinky New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. We have a mass group meets right here at Columbus at the Space. We're usually gaming that night, or right. out on a out on a date with our poly partners. I have that is one of that is my New Year's kink resolution is to mm-hmm. attend more mass events. Um, uh, and here's another great one: become more comfortable mingling at events. Mm. And we had some other great ones, too. This all came via either our FetLife accounts or Instagram or any place else that we ask weird questions like yeah. that. We're, we're trying to be more um, uh, out there, so more oh visible. Yeah. That's the word. So I'm like, audio? No. <laughs> visible. So we're out there on Instagram and I, Twitter a little bit more. So I, I have stalled as long as I can. Do you have okay. a kinky New Year's well, resolution? No, because I did read through some of those answers before, and I, I thought they were really great ones. And I really need to make um, a resolution about more munches mm. so or meeting other groups because we spend so much time here at the space. The people that I know are the people that come in the door. Right. So if someone goes, oh, my God, I was at Kinky Bowling, and have you met, you know, this right, person? Right. I'm like, no, if they don't come to the space. And then when they come to the space, I know their real name because they're checking in for an event. And then I have to forget that real name mm-hmm. because I'm not supposed to know it, and I never learn their FET name or what they go by. So, right. you know, so I have no clue. So it would actually be nice to go to some more munches that are outside of the space and just meet other people that are in the community so that's great, and it and it could lead to my second resolution, double penetration. 
oh, that's the top of my goal list. (laughs) (laughs) But the other one is just to have more sexy time. Okay. So, and maybe I just need to meet new people to do that that don't see me in charge of the space. Exactly, because you can't be here at the space and not be Director Dawn. Right. You need to start hitting... Other, other people's places, places where you're just where I can just some be, hottie. Yeah, so right. that would be cool. Yeah, because here people see me in charge and they're like, "Oh, I thought that was slaved on." You know, instead I got the clipboard and getting things done. And, and this takes me back to and and Devin, this is where I'm going to drag you back into the podcast where we are dying for you to come over and uh, please move to Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> and take over this. Take pig. over some stuff. Take over the Columbus <laughs> space because really we're tired of running this shit. That's just but but oh they, man. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> you had mentioned earlier your your dungeon in Dallas. Was that sanctuary you were talking about shutting down? Yeah. 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 That yeah. was that. I tell you, we we spent a little bit of time in Dallas, and that was a really neat place. We enjoyed our mm-hmm. time there. Yep, that was awesome. So, Devin, um, we have we've been doing on the podcast recently some flirty questions, and we have three flirty questions. And if you don't mind, I'm going to start off by asking you one of these flirty questions. How fun. Uh, question is, Devin, what do you think you look amazing in? I think I look amazing in calf height leather heels and a skimpy silver and black dress that you can see me in in all of my profile pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you must like that dress if it's in all your profile (laughs) pictures. Um, and to be honest, I thought you were going to stop talking when you said the calf high, the calf high heels. I thought you were just going to stop right there. (laughs) That's like, I'm okay with this. Yeah, this works good. (laughs) Don, the flirty question for you. And this is a one that I already know the answer to how long. Oh no, I don't. How long did your last relationship last? And that implies it's a relationship that ended. Oh, well. The last relationship, because I am Polly, right? Mm-hmm. So we could count the ex-husband or we could count the ex-boyfriend. I would have to go ex-boyfriend. I think so, too, because that came after the ex-husband. So one year. I question whether that's a good flirty question. The idea I question of- whether that's a good flirty question, too, because it, it doesn't count my 20-year relationship with you, mm-hmm. my six-and-a-half-year relationship with Big D, one and, year, and it's and more it was like, for a reason. It's like feeling somebody out to find out how. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a great question if I was flirting with somebody. So, how long do your relationships normally last? Right, and that one year doesn't. Regardless, right. it doesn't give good information. Anyway, I don't think that's a great flirty question, but. Well, so what's my flirty? It, question? it could be. So yours is: What's the most romantic thing you've ever done? Oh man. Dun dun dun. Uh, you know what? I'm you, gonna, do a, you do a lot of romantic flirty, romantic things. I mm-hmm. was looking to see if it was flirty or not. I just showed you a picture of one yesterday. You showed me a picture of a romantic, of a romantic thing, thing that, that you yesterday? did for me. I showed you a picture of oh, something yeah. that you did for oh, me in the past. So I'm going to actually use that. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> you know what, Devin? I completely blame you for this because when I talk to somebody who's... <laughs> Can I literally say half my, not quite literally half my age, but not that damn far from it. I hate to say things like, you know, well, 20 years ago when Don and I first met, because it's like, oh, what, what are you, ancient? And I am ancient, so let's just live with that. Uh, 15 years ago, Don, is that fair? What? That you and I really started to become romantic partners? Oh, no, no it's it more 20. than that. It was 20 years 21. ago. 
It was 98 when we first started shifting our friendship from friendship to romantic. So the short version of the story is Dawn and I used to work at the same building mm -hmm. and we used to go out for lunch and we'd sit in one specific booth at this restaurant nearby. It happened to be an Uno's, just one of those mm -hmm. pizza chains. And that's where we started to talk and get to know each other beyond just the superficially that we knew each other. And that's where our romance actually kicked off. And, and where we sat and designed a lot of our MS yep. and our relationship and did such deep talks. So the romantic thing that I did was five years ago, I bought you a, I got, went to Uno's, got a pizza box, mm -hmm. got some lunch coupons, and I put them in that box and wrapped it up and said, this is good for this particular booth for mm -hmm. a lunch with yep. uh, your coworker Dan. Yep, and we went in there, and they gave us that booth, and we took pictures, and that was really cool. So that either that is the most romantic thing, mm -hmm. or when I strapped you to the spanking bench, poured roses on your butt, and then beat you with thorns. I thought that was pretty. That was pretty romantic yeah, too. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, Cupid took the I'll day take off. Both. There. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Dawn, I see that uh, no tentacles. Well, yes, there are tentacles, but who cares? Because I've got food on boobs. Um, wow. I'm, I'm English. Kayubi. Thank you. Kayubi <laughs> sent me uh, boobs with sprinkles on them, which is one of my favorite foods to have on boobs. Kayubi and um, Sasquatch and them stay in touch a lot. So yes. they, they've yes. been staying in touch a lot over the years. Um, I also got a real octopus on a woman's crotch underwater. And I thought, actually, that was pretty cool. That was, it was really actually, cool. Uh, although I know you don't really like the real octopies, from mm -hmm. a, for just from a art perspective, I oh, thought yeah. that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So that, that was, yeah, that, that had a lot of. And then um, other people sent me links to a tentacle cocktail glass. That seems to be the thing right now. So it's a, it's a cocktail glass. Mm -hmm. Oh, they can't see my hands. It's a, <laughs> it's a cocktail glass, and it's got the little tentacles on the bottom holding up the glass, and it's really cute. So I got that from Tinkster and Keith so, and a few other people on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of neat that that's still a thing. Yeah. As I'm packing up stuff for the house, I have a lot of tentacle stuff. So between pictures and um, just stuff that people have sent me or given to me here at the space yep. over the years, lots, lots of stuff. So. Um, I, I just fucking. I just and the daughter-in-law who has no clue yeah. why I like. <laughs> I just picture the, uh, the new, as we move into the new house, it's going to have this big nautical theme where it's got yeah. tentacles all over the place. <laughs> uh, recently on the old Instagram, we have posted a picture of you and me over the years and it was it ended up getting a lot of nice um, reflections in that both me having a knife at your throat and mm. me giving you a hug are reflections of our love. Mm -hmm. You can find those pictures on our Instagram at the picture of the day at at uh, Dan Erotic, or no, nope, Erotic Awakening, Awakening is what it's called. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then we've got new subscribers to the newsletter. So we have Camille from Ohio and Cher from Ohio. Nice. Get your EA shout, EA shout out. Head over to the eroticawakening.com and you'll find a link to the EA newsletter. And I promise you, you won't get spammed a lot. I remember to do this about once a quarter. If you remember <laughs> that much. Mm -hmm. Take a moment to support the podcast. Read us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. If you like what you're doing, head over to patreon.com eroticawakening and take a look at options for like discounted stuff extra content, and more. Devin, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Tell us the name of that book again. A quick reference guide to the areas of control. And I hope I'm looking forward to having you back on the show to tell us more about that. 
Bye, Dan. I look forward to it. Bye, Dom. <laughs>